You wouldn't know, but this is take three. This is Corey and this is the, the Anthem Podcast. You don't call us the Take Three Boys for nothing. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 318 of the o the Anthem Podcast. Coming to you from the, uh, well, while all over Los Angeles, California. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash o the Anthem. Uh, and of course, you can catch us on Facebook.com forward slash Oh the Anthem and at Oh the Anthem on Twitter, Instagram, so forth, uh, and YouTube for all the videos. Yes, absolutely. And a um, little bit different situation. We're not actually sitting right next to each other slash overlapping <laughs> each other. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, a mind bending illusion that we're able to do this. Yes. Uh, but uh, mind bending by you mean the green screen and a technological marvel. <laughs> Once technological technology moves forward enough, it does it resembles magic. That's how that works. Uh, but so uh, due to some circumstances uh, somewhat beyond our control, Corey and I are now quarantined from each other for the first time during coronavirus. Uh, as you might remember, we were quarantined together initially for the first uh, two months or so. But now, uh, unfortunately, we are separate. So we are recording in two different locations, and uh, we tried to live stream. For those of you who joined the live stream, thank you for checking out the live stream. <laughs> thank you for watching our attempt. <laughs> uh, we did literally, we probably spent an hour and a half getting things lined up, and then going live, my computer could not handle that situation. <laughs> so we're going to try to get something better figured out for next week uh, so that we can go uh, live if we need to. Yeah, uh, but in the meantime, we're doing this the old-fashioned way, and by the old-fashioned way, I mean a completely new and separate <laughs> way. So, um, if for whatever reason there's any kind of audio or video glitch, uh, just assume that we're aware of it and that we hate ourselves for it and that we won't do it again, and uh, we're just trying to do our best to have a have a new episode for our uh, 318th consecutive week. Yes. Is that where we're at? 318 sure. consecutive weeks of new content. It's hard to beat that. <laughs> um, but let's get right into the news because there's a ton of stuff going on here this week. Yes. Um, first of all, I, I just wanted to start with something. I uh, A friend of mine recently said that uh, we could spend time on the podcast talking about things that sort of get out into the ecosystem as far as like uh, she was specifically telling me about 5G. She didn't know... <laughs> Anything about like what she was hearing about in regards to 5G. Uh, and I, I feel like the the prime example of that came up this weekend when uh, a trailer, uh, quote unquote trailer uh, for a documentary called Plandemic was released online. A documentary. Yeah. And uh, it's something <laughs> I've got to tell you, it's something. Um but basically, in the in the desire to hopefully uh, help people uh, decipher things that they see a little bit better, uh, I figure we could talk a little bit about pandemic up front here. Yeah, well, so we can talk about 5G real quick. Uh, it's not causing cancer. It's not causing any problems. Uh, if you were aware of how many radio frequencies are passing through your body every single moment of every single day. In fact, Co yeah. Corey, you're using Bluetooth uh, headset right now, aren't you? Mm -hmm. which means that no less than four Bluetooth uh, frequencies are passing through Corey as he's connected to two devices. And then there are other devices in the house that he's connected to before, which are seeking out a connection if it's available. Right. And in addition to that, 
you know, the numerous different radio frequencies that are coming through the phone and so on and so yeah. forth. Uh, basically, uh, every study that you've seen that says 5G is dangerous is based off of a scientist who did a unscientific study where they charted how 5G radiation hits organs. Mm -hmm. But he didn't factor in that uh, in between organs is, you know, a skeletal system and skin and muscle and fat and all the other things that sort of protect us from direct exposure. Also, we're not like if you put your brain all if you took your brain out of your head and put it in the microwave, it would be very bad for your brain. It'd be bad. Uh, it would be it would not be as bad. Still not recommended if you put your entire head into the microwave. Right. And uh, you would have the skull and the. <laughs> the hair and everything else to protect you a little bit. Yeah. And not only do we have a skeleton and skin and musculature over top, we're not laying directly on the source of a 5g signal. You are some distance away. And no matter how close you think you are, you're not that close. Uh, it's probably at the top of a fake palm tree, uh, or maybe that's just LA. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, uh, that, that's, that's, uh, that's just your quick, quick 5g yeah, update. Yeah. But on the pandemic one, uh, there were a lot of bold claims in that documentary, and I think that anybody who is having problems understanding which ones are a little bit more farcical than others, they can go on to any number of online uh, documents that are written up fact-checking the whole thing. Yes. Um, but to me, what is more unnerving is the fact that uh, we're seeing this a little bit with the Jordan doc going on at the same time. Like The idea that if it's a documentary, it's true. Because somebody spent a lot of time putting it together. So clearly they wouldn't waste their time uh, if it wasn't a worthwhile ordeal. Listen, anyone who says that doesn't go on YouTube at all. There are people who yeah. spend hours taking TikTok videos of other people and putting them together in a, uh, in a compilation. Compilation, Now, yeah. Corey, why do people do that? Uh, because it's way easier to watch TikTok in a compilated format. But why would I take the time to organize my a collection, a compilation of that way, and put it on my YouTube channel? Oh, so you could get the views. Oh, and well, the views are nice. It's nice to say you have a video with 100,000 views, but does that relate to anything in the real world? I mean, to some form of status, I assume. And also a ton of money. Yeah, because these ones, these videos always get claimed. It will always get claimed by somebody. But for the first four hours, that money is all yours. And unfortunately, um, I have a feeling that anyone who puts out a something like the pandemic documentary is just clickbaiting us. They're just saying, I'm going to put something out there that's going to get views. Well, here, one of one of the the great tricks of all these types of videos is that uh They'll constantly be sharing it online with watch it soon before YouTube or Facebook or Google or whoever decides to take it down. And the idea being that this video will absolutely get taken down. But it's not because you said anything so controversial that Google has to eradicate it from the Internet. It's because you use copyrighted material in your video yes. so that you make sure that it gets taken down. Right. If I put if I make a movie review and I put four minutes worth of Independence Day in the middle of it, they're not going to let it stay on YouTube for very long. Well, to be like, fair, they might, depending on how much of the long the video is. If you make an hour-long video and only use four minutes, you can argue fair use. 
But if you make a if five I said this is my review of Independence Day and then I just played Independence Day from beginning to end, <laughs> now, then I think they'd have a problem. <laughs> yes, they would. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of these places, they purposefully put in copyrighted material to get the takedown. And then they do a video about the takedown, which then gets them yeah. more views. And if they can take it, if they can make the the uh, item that they're stealing from some sort of ma- major media conglomerate, which isn't too difficult. Yeah. Like steal anything from NBC and then all of a sudden you'll just be like Comcast NBC tried to shut this down. Yes. Here's the takedown notice that came from them and YouTube did it. And now we have to put our documentary on some website that has swastikas in its name and stuff like that. (laughs) And you have to pay $15 to see it because we can't get it up anywhere free. (coughs) It's been, it's been a while since I've paid money for a trailer too. Yeah. 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 It's just another, (laughs) another thing, but the reality of it is this though. Um, this doc documentary, which is, uh, I, as Corey and I were discussing in the pre-show meeting essentially means they've shot it documentary style and it looks like a documentary, but it lacks all of those things that documentaries typically have, like, you know, the truth. Right. So, or, uh, or enough, uh, they can't actually release this thing too, because somebody will sue them. 100%. I mean, that's the other, that's the other part of that. If you release a work in progress and it has some sort of factual error, you can make some sort of argument like, well, we hadn't gotten through the vetting process yet. And here's our trailer. And yeah. Do you remember that crappy Wolverine um, trailer that the, the blades weren't even done yet and they were just like (laughs) the silver sheath. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's lots of uh, legal arguments you can do to get around that sort of thing. But the the reality of this thing though is Again, as we've talked about before on the podcast, for Plandemic to be accurate, it would require a grand consortium of people coming together, thwarting, I don't know, everyone else, and then also keeping it a secret and not having one person say, this is what happened. I think that's my big problem with the idea of like some sort of deep state conspiracy that goes to every level of the government. Because eventually you have you know, a hundred thousand people in your criminal conspiracy. (laughs) Yes. And you know, like I could trust maybe one person. If you have one person, it's already too many people for your conspiracy to be honest. Well, no, listen, I never told anybody about that body that I hid for you. So (laughs) I did. did, did, did. (laughs) I mean, Leakin Park. I mean, uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Oh God. I just saw the Adnan thing too. It's making me, um, I assume you looked in your pocket cast as well. I did as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I think everyone naturally is going a little bit stir crazy and they're looking for explanations for why this could be because people don't usually experience pandemics that often, you know, like it it doesn't really happen like this. So all the rules are sort of thrown out the window. I would offer though, it is going to happen a lot more frequently in the future. This is just the first time of many times in our lifetime that we will be impacted like this. So get ready. Well, I mean, especially especially if uh, plans aren't made to make sure that uh, people are kept safe as quickly as humanly possible. I mean, like Trump's 
Trump had some press conference today where he had like billboards <laughs> up saying like the most tests in the world and stuff like that. Not it's true. like Not true. that's great. No, I mean, like, you know, technically speaking, yes, now we have the most tests in the world, but it took us two and a half months to get there. Like, and he's also saying everyone can get one, which is not true. Luckily, Californians can get one, but not everyone in the country. South Korea is playing baseball right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but <laughs> they, got, they also just had another outbreak because a person with coronavirus went to a nightclub and infected 8,800 people. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's not a perfect system, but at least they're living somewhat more of a normal life. But they also have way, way less rights. than we do. Yeah, uh, they as. have the right of the government to say, everybody stay home. That's not a request. That is a demand, uh, <laughs> just like New Zealand does. Uh, but I was going to say the, the reason that we we're going to expect this more in our lifetime. One, there is a very high likelihood at this point that Trump is going to be reelected in November, which means four more years of this nonsense. And then he's setting up Mike Pence for that run in 2024. So I guess we'll see how that shakes out. But it, it absolutely will not be Mike Pence. It'll be either Don Jr. or it'll be Ivanka. They're going to try and push this family. Like I don't think either of them is going to be old enough in 2024. I think they they're, they're both old enough. Are they over 35? Yeah, Ivanka's like 39 or 40, yeah. I thought. Money does amazing things for skin. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Rich don't crack. Also, when you have a white or a, a mother who is a supermodel, that, that helps a lot as She's well. She's not the mom of any of those kids. Baron's mom. That's it. Iv- She's 38. Ivanka's mom is... Uh, Ivana. Ivana Trump, yes. She wasn't a model, was she? She was a... They were all models. Oh, God. They were all money. money does miraculous <laughs> things. I need to fight for more money. What is up with this? Yeah. Ivana uh, Marie Trump is a Czechoslovakian born American businesswoman and former model who was the first of three wives of Donald Trump. Man. So money. Money is the uh, only thing other than power that will let you outkick your coverage. Stephen Miller <laughs> don't have money, but he does have power and he certainly outkicked his coverage, which we're all for learning. sure. Yeah. So. Uh, getting into that part, uh, two people in the White House uh, have tested positive now for coronavirus. It's in the White House. Uh, one of them is Katie Miller, who is the uh, uh, press secretary for Mike Pence and the wife of Stephen Miller, as mentioned just moments ago. Can we hear your uh, Stephen other... Miller impression, by the way, before we go? <laughs> uh, it's just a cartoon president uh, I still uh, love impression. It. Still love it. It's like a... Uh, I'm only keeping you around for your bodily functions. <laughs> and we're sued. All right. Well, <laughs> there's that. We had fun. Um, anyway, so Katie Miller was one and uh, the valet for Trump was the other. So uh, I, th- I believe this is a, a service member who is uh, uh, basically brings Trump his food and like, oh, you know, like is in not- and out of the the Oval Office like 12 times a day, essentially. So someone has not watched uh, their Downton Abbey. They don't know what a valet is. This could be uh, this could be bad if uh, the t- two close people to uh, Trump and Pence are both sick. And uh, even worse is that a lot of the members of the uh, coronavirus task force like Fauci and others are now going to have to self-quarantine themselves to make sure that they didn't contract it, which they have spread it. The vice president has not. The president has not. But some members of the cab of the uh, coronavirus task force have. And by the way, of course, Pence and Pence and Trump are are showing up at events like (laughs) 
Trump goes to a place where they make masks and he's not wearing a mask. Uh, fucking Pence goes to the Mayo Clinic. He's not wearing a mask, despite the fact that every single other person that can be seen and every photo is wearing a mask. Like, So here's the thing. It's two, two very important facts to take from this. One, the personal valet to the president probably helps him dress, brings him food, is in very close contact with him at all times. And as we know, likely showed symptoms five or six days or was contagious five or six days before a positive test. So the good news is maybe God has given us one. Yes, sir. The other side of that is um, that uh, Katie Miller to her detriment made a vow to death to us part. And maybe God is just also giving her a solid like, listen, I know what you got yourself into here. You don't know how to get yourself out of it. It's a crazy person that you're married to. He might murder you if you try to leave. Listen, you said to death do his part. I can only handle one of those things. You got it. <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't make promises you're not ready to keep. <laughs> that was Stephen Miller. <laughs> We're together to death, baby. You shouldn't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> See, my impression is so uh, much worse than uh, Corey's. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, the only thing... Uh, worse, it seems, than the outbreak that happened at the White House, though, is the outbreak that happened at a birthday party in Pasadena, California. Now, I'll tell you, when I first uh, heard this news, I was concerned because I thought maybe it was from, you know, a local bar, a bar in like a house where people were drinking a lot of wine. And maybe we knew these people because it sounds like something that those people would do. <coughs> uh, but no, somebody had a birthday party. And then what was the thing about the the. A uh, person oh, yeah. coughing. First of all, Corey's super nice. He doesn't want to call out the friends of ours who are very much breaking quarantine every day. Uh, so I don't know what people are doing. Uh, all right. All right. All right. I'm the one who's going to get sued. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> uh, but no. So there was a, a birthday party in Pasadena. And apparently at the party, someone had a productive cough. So much so that this female at one point had a coughing fit. And then spit and then looked at everyone and was like, I probably have Corona. And it turns out she had Corona. <laughs> yeah. And she gave it to the 50 some people at the party. Uh, and now that has turned into a cluster of a hundred and some because obviously those people went back to their homes uh, before she tested positive. So. Right. Great times. Great Great times to be alive. Yeah. uh, And listen, California is loosening up uh, their guidelines. My office is reopening in a week. Um, And we're going to be able to go to the beach on Wednesday if we want to. Yeah. And honestly, I might just take the day off and go to the beach. Uh, You want to come? Nah. Motherfucker. I swear to God. I didn't want to go to the beach when I could. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too too Irish and pale for that nonsense. Uh, So there is um, uh, Penny Dreadful. You've heard of Penny Dreadful, right? Yeah, they have a spinoff called uh, Penny Dreadful City of Angels, and it's set in L.A. in the pre-war, pre-World War II period. And uh, there's these two Germans who are having a conversation, and the guy says, "No, my wife is not with us. She doesn't have the skin, uh, fuck, uh, not skin tone, but something like that for it." And as soon as I heard him say that, I was like, "Oh, that's Corey." Yeah, it just burst into flames <laughs> as soon as you hit the beach. So. That is uh, that is me. Yeah, I like the old Conan O'Brien joke. The uh, uh, the doctor recommends for me SPF uh, eighty sunscreen or no uh, SPF eight hundred sunscreen. I basically squeeze the tube and a sun uh, sweatshirt comes out. Yes, that's it. <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, California is reopening. If that joke didn't land, it's totally because we're not in the same room. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, California is reopening, uh, which means that uh, we'll all be back in quarantine in about mm, three weeks or so when uh, everybody starts pouring into emergency rooms because we've done it really dumb. Because a person is smart, but people are dumb, panicky animals, and you know it. Yes. And now we're just going to get picked up by uh, Lionsgate or whatever. Everybody's <laughs> tapping this video. Um, but I think the scarier news this week has been that we had thought for a very... First of all, well, we started out saying this is an old person's disease. Only old people can get it. And then we found out, oh, we were wrong about that. Uh, anybody can get it. But children seem to be not immune from it, but they don't seem to be suffering from it. They, their the immune systems are robust, unlike Corey and I, who have smoked and drank for many years and can't stand, you know... Are feeble old men at this point. <laughs> really, we are. Every morning I wake up just like... Oh, what's going to hurt today? Don't move yet. Just enjoy this moment of uh, nothing hurting. But uh, unfortunately, it looks like uh, coronavirus is manifesting itself in children in a somewhat different way, but that they are susceptible to it. Uh, And there was a cluster in New York of children with an inflammatory condition, uh, which is similar to Kawasaki syndrome, which is not it, but it was something Japanese similar to that. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's not good. And I mean... I feel like at the heart of this whole issue, we need to remember that uh, we don't really know anything about this disease. We sort of know uh, things based off of other versions of coronaviruses that we're using as sort of like our guideposts for how this is going to affect certain people or what what kind of uh, treatments there are and stuff like that. But we really don't know anything at this point. No. And... Uh, the assumption that it didn't impact children might have put children more in the fray. True. And we didn't find out about that until it was too late kind of thing. Now, Corey hasn't left uh, his apartment except to buy cigarettes in the last, you know, three months or so, which isn't so much different than knife is normal. But uh, <laughs> as someone who has had to leave the apartment to, you know, go buy groceries for Corey, I can tell you that I've seen a lot of people who just didn't even have masks on babies and children. Because they heard kids can't get it, so I don't have to worry about it. And instead of leaving your kid at home with somebody, you decided to bring the kid with you. And now, who knows what impact that might have on you. Right. It's unfortunate. Uh, Moving on. Oh, I was going to say, well, and uh, luckily one kid who's probably not going to have to worry about that has a name that nobody can pronounce. Although it's actually Kyle. (laughs) Uh, And of course, that's Elon Musk kid. Now, he might not have to worry about coronavirus, but he has to worry about having an absolute dipshit for a father. So, you know, there's that. I I find Elon Musk's uh, rise and fall and rise and fall so fascinating. He's he's like the he's like the tech Kanye. He kind of is. That's exactly who he is. And he's just I as mean, crazy. Like, and uh, perhaps his genius is is more uh, appropriate. But uh, I feel like I feel like people really love Elon and then people really hated Elon and then Elon came back a little bit and then now he is here again with a crazy kid name and uh did you have a friend who was super rich in high school I had I had a couple super rich friends in high school yeah did you have one that was just annoying as hell but then he's like hey I bought out a water park for the week anybody want to come and you're like all right Bradley yeah I'm down for a water park for a week (laughs) that is Elon Musk I didn't have that annoying rich friend. 
I wish I did. That would have been fun. It would have been cool to go to the water park. Well, I mean, like uh, I had a, I had the friend who, you know, I wouldn't really want to hang out with all the time. But, you know, then everybody's broke and you want to go do something. And they're like, hey, uh, I got 20 bucks for gas if um, if you let me come. Like, OK. I mean, I, cer- I certainly had the friends where it was like. They were the they were the one with some money in them, and it didn't necessarily mean they were like rich. It just they happened to have money at the time. Richer than me. Uh, <laughs> richer than me currently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I would say to I would say like you know like oh I'd love to go out and get some dinner, but I just can't afford to go out to dinner right now. And then it, uh, uh, over time, it would eventually just be like, well, I'll pay for your dinner if you come. And it's just like, well, I guess I'm going to dinner. Like. <laughs> Oh, oh, uh, so Corey's talking about he and I's relationship for the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> that or a uh, friend of the show, Roberto. If he's not napping, he's getting a free meal, so. He's asking dad for a handout. <laughs> so, jokes aside, Roberto literally sends our group chat items and then asks me to purchase them for him. <laughs> Even though at this point, I think that he has about the same income as I do. Uh, but there have been periods where that wasn't true. Yeah, but it's, just, right. it's unfortunate. I, I mean, this is what genius gets you, right? Like you're allowed to be a little stupid if you're rich and smart overall. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that people it's amazing how Elon Musk became sort of the sign of the genius who will figure out our problem for a long time here. Yeah. And it almost falls in the same mold as where Trump was back in like the 70s and stuff like that where it's just like he sort of got known as a successful real estate agent and then nobody ever asked him about it and then he was getting called on like you know do you think that it would be a good idea for you know the the government to buy this building you know like he's getting called like he's an expert on 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 real estate you know yes i think i think there's a little bit of that with Elon as well, where it's just like people have assumed that uh, because he has figured out some things, he knows how to fix everything, you know? And uh, both of them like to tweet a lot about a lot of dumb stuff. Oh, God. Uh, and this week, it wasn't Elon. It was Trump's turn to do that. Now, I just wrote this down because it, if, to me it was fascinating. He averaged 100 or he had 125 tweets in a 16-hour period, which means if yeah. he did taking out the eight hours to sleep, which is probably more like nine or 10 knowing him. He tweeted once every seven and a half minutes. Yeah. Or or like tweeting, retweeting something. So when he's retweeting, you know that he's scrolling through a timeline and just banging stuff out. The president of the United States had nothing better to do than to scroll for 16 hours on Twitter. So there is a uh, article in Vox. uh, Trump's latest Twitter meltdown features QAnon, accidental self-owns, and a lot of Obamagate that sort of runs through, like, the best of the best here. Ooh, self burn uh, Those are rare. <laughs> well, so, uh, it started, Trump was, uh, you know, tweeting about the lamestream media, the rigged media, blah, 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 uh, usual stuff. At one point, he retweeted somebody who said, uh, oh, let me pull it up here. Here it is. Uh, so somebody had responded to a video that was uh, <laughs> that included Trump and it said collapsing. You mean the dishonest dropping of the Flynn case by a corrupt DOJ? And Trump retweeted that one. His DOJ. 
his DOJ, yes. Uh, and the response that guy got to being retweeted by the president was, yeah, usually I try to fly underneath the radar here, so getting this kind of attention for this particular tweet from this particular source is perplexing. My notifications are filled with flying monkeys and a bunch of QAnons welcoming me to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> uh, in addition, Trump uh, <laughs> kept going on about Obamagate. Uh, I think he said that seven or eight times. Yeah, what is Obamagate, by the way? So Obamagate is something that the Trump White House and Fox News and OAN is trying to get started where uh, much in line with uh, Flynn having his uh, charges dropped, the there's this belief that the Obama administration, once they realized that Trump was going to win, did everything they could to... Uh, investigate him before his administration even started and that everything was a sham and Mueller was a sham and uh, the FBI acting their way was all under Obama's orders even though Trump was president and and by the way whole, like he he threw out all of the preparation for a pandemic that was his fault he did that and he handled the uh, the avian flu terribly it's literally anything that that Trump wants to make Obamagate apparently yeah. Yeah. so like in one of the tweets, he said, uh, because it was Obamagate and he and Sleepy Joe led the charge, the most com- corrupt administration in U.S. history. <laughs> uh, that was a retweet of a tweet that said, why did Obama tell the FBI to hide its activities from Trump? Uh, probably because they were investigating people in the Trump administration, is my guess. Hmm. Obama, the most corrupt administration in history. Uh, at one point, he directly tweets at the SEC and Ajit Pai saying that uh, uh, Chuck Todd needs to be fired from NBC. I don't know what Ajit Pai can do about that. Uh, there was a textbook a emoluments clause violation when he said, so great to see our country starting to open up again when he retweeted a picture of the Trump Los Angeles golf course hmm, hmm. Yeah. Uh, being opened up again. Uh, just a whole bunch of really wild stuff was <laughs> happening on Trump's Twitter account uh, this Sunday and into Monday. So let me ask you, your grandparents, uh, none of them are still with us. Is that right? Correct. And did any one of them start like just losing a little contact with reality at the end? Not not in a way like I've seen people of more recent vintage do. Okay. Because I imagine, uh, again, my grandfather died suddenly from a heart attack. So we didn't get that slow burn out. But even even at, you know, 72 or whatever he was when he died, he was already hitting that point where it was just like, you damn kids and everything, blah, 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 blah. And also some much little more colorful language that is not, is a product of his time and not a, a product <laughs> But I just imagine every time I get these Trump tweet storms, I'm like, if my grandfather was still alive and knew what Twitter was and would tweet, this is what he would be tweeting. Just yeah. not having no context for who it is or what it is. I'm just see something I like and I hit like and I retweet. I mean, at the end of this all is all these uh, Republican talking points, all these Republican like obama gate and everything like that involves so much so many people would have to be involved like there's not not a single chance in the world that you would be able to 
keep this many people from from talking or doing anything or getting caught, you know? Also, BS, if and Obama was really, going to have a big controversy, he would still be president. He would have said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm sticking around. We'll hold another election well, in four years and try it again. And they, the, you know, I remember Republicans when when the election was coming up saying, just watch Obama. He's going to say there's some reason that we can't have this election. He's going to declare himself president for another four years and we're, we're never going to get rid of him. Is he going to become a king? I wish. And that's more likely to happen right now with Trump than it is with Obama ever. 100%. <laughs> Any point. He's already uh, talking about the the uh, legitimacy of the election uh, that's happening in the California 25th. Yep. Yeah. Um, which is uh, the, the Republican is leading in that in that election. Uh, at least in, you know, like the polling and stuff like that. But his theory is they're going to steal it from him. Yeah, because California switched to vote by mail. So now every single person in California who can vote is getting a ballot sent to them in the mail. Did you get your ballot? Um, uh, not yet. I haven't. Okay. Um, I imagine that it's coming, though. And as we all know, I am not registered to vote anywhere because I don't vote. So <laughs> I encourage everyone to be like me. Yeah, but it, it, it's kind of interesting, though, at the same time, because uh, uh, there's an argument being made that by putting attention on this uh special election that was going to go unnoticed <laughs> yeah he's done it this, <laughs> maybe you're getting more democrats to come out and vote for this person <laughs> probably so um but maybe that's what he wants maybe he wants her to win and then uh he says here's that rigged vote i was telling you about yeah you know the republican was leading up until this point now he's not how did that happen yeah you got mail in ballots you got to think that the who is the guy who's running in the 25th for the republicans Oh, let's see here. I have it right here. Uh, Steve Knight. I imagine Steve Knight. Wait. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He was the old incumbent. Mm. Uh, Mike Garcia. So wait, so it's a Republican seat, and clearly the Republican. No, it, so it was, it was Katie Hill's seat. She was the – she she had to resign uh, – Prior to all the pandemic stuff, there was some sort of like sexual, ah, uh, like she was sleeping with a, a staffer or something like that. Hmm. And then so they they put someone in the seat for the remainder of the seat who's not running, and now Mike Garcia is running. Yeah, I I think this was to fill that empty seat. Nonetheless, if you're Mike Garcia, how much are you like cruising towards election day and thinking like I haven't drawn any attention? I'm going to sneak one in here on them. And then you see Trump tweet about you and you're like, motherfucker. God damn it. <laughs> like the Democrats it, don't even care. They weren't even coming out. But now I feel like already going in, you sort of have to have a, like anything can happen approach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't know how people are going to react to voting by mail or if people are still going to try and go out to the polling places or like this could dramatically affect the number of people who show up to vote or who I know, would send in a ballot. I know one guy who's not going out to vote or get groceries or anything else. Not important enough. Me? Yes, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anywho, go- going on to that, we, we had talked a little bit about uh, the, the charges being dropped in the Michael Flynn case. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this, to me, is a pretty amazing turn of events, uh, especially considering that I have never in my life heard about somebody who had twice admitted guilty 
in front of a court of law, uh, only to have their case thrown out before sentencing. Yeah. In this sort of situation. I mean, like, if you've, if you've said guilty in front of a judge, you're done. Like, there's no, you know, you could make an appeal, hypothetically. Ooh, you're not done when your buddy is the president and yeah. can give you the backing of a DOJ and, you know, uh, a pardon if necessary. I mean, literally... It's unprecedented. You would never, ever have this situation arise unless there was evidence of wrongdoing on behalf of someone in the investigation. And by the way, you would have to bring that charge because the state is never going to back away from their your guilty uh, plea. They're going to say, yeah. no, no, he pled guilty. He needs to be sentenced. Yeah, but I got all this actual innocence information. You pled guilty. That's it. We're over. We're done. If, if if the the amount of cases that would be taken on by the innocence project yeah that had to fight 10 times longer because at some point along the way the client just pled guilty rather than uh you know to get the plea deal or something like that yeah 40 years instead it of life saves some year yeah <laughs> and now uh they have to fight in court but it's like yeah well he did say he was guilty and it's like yeah but <laughs> It's not quite the same thing once we have the DNA evidence and the confession of the actual killer. Like, yeah, he pled guilty, though. I don't know what to tell you. Why it's would not he like, plead guilty, though? I don't know. It's not like we can unwind this. I don't know what to tell you. We can't unwind it. He already pled guilty. Oh, well, What, do you want us to just open up the doors and let him go? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for Michael Flynn, it looks like that is exactly what's going to happen. Now, uh, I do believe that the judge has to approve the withdrawal of the case because there is no case right now. It is going to sentencing. He has been found guilty. And I mean, the question I would pose is if you're the judge, do you risk pissing off the DOJ, Bill Barr and President Trump? I mean, if you're asking me if I was the judge in this situation, I would say that you have to you have to do everything you can to maintain proper judicial contact uh, conduct at this point. And if you don't think that it's appropriate that the government try and drop these charges, then I say you say what you have to do to the Justice Department to, like, fuck off. You know? But, and, like, but you know, what's the, here's the thing is, do you waste the time? Because as soon as you sentence him, what's going to come out exactly after that? The day after that? I, I, you're you're going to get tweeted by the president. You're, it's going to be a big fucking deal. You're going to get pardoned. He, you're going to spend all this time sentencing. And then while he's sitting in transit... The president's going to commute it and or pardon him. And then he gets to walk free anyway. Yeah. But I say, make him do it. Make him do the commutation. Make him do the pardon. Because in the end, the uh, one of the things that sunk Gerald Ford was the pardon of Nixon. Because yeah. he could not explain why he issued a pardon in that case. Make Trump explain why he's pardoning Flynn, who is clearly, admittedly, an agent of a foreign power. So I mean, I, I think that it would work out best for Trump not getting reelected if he had to pardon Flynn yes. at the end of this whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it would just end up being that Joe Biden in whatever version of the debate we end up getting would <laughs> bring it up. And then Trump would be like, Oh, it was, it was improper. I pardoned him. And then Joe can launch into, no, it wasn't improper. I was there. This is what we knew. Yeah. This is what we saw. Treason still don't play in the flyover states. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff they'll forgive, but not treason, I don't think. So. Yeah. And I mean, like, the it, it's so what Flynn was found guilty of was lying to the FBI. Mm-hmm. And 
we know he lied to the FBI because he did it on recorded government yes. phone lines where they asked whether or not he discussed uh, sanction relief with the uh, Russian diplomat, uh, Kislyak, and he did. <laughs> and then they asked him about it and he denied it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what else you need. Like, it's not like. It's not like there was some witness who turned or something like that. We have him on the phone talking about it and then being interviewed under the pretense that if you lie, it's perjury and that you're going to jail. And I do believe, wasn't he called back to the court because some part of his original guilty plea was in fact false as well and he had to like redo the guilty plea? Yeah, uh, he kept getting caught lying and that was the, (laughs) that's the worst thing you want to be doing if you're in the, in the crosshairs of the FBI. Yeah. Well, no, do not. This FBI, maybe not. As long as you're a buddy of Trump's, he can walk out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and no one will bat an eye. It's it is simply amazing to me that we live in this world where just a decade ago, if I said to a Republican, "The FBI is corrupt," they would be like, "You're out of your fucking mind." <laughs> That's the most. <laughs> That's the most sterling, perfect law enforcement organization in the entire world. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, and, and police across the board. But now, just a short 10 years later, we're talking about, like, whether or not FISA courts are uncon- Like, it's like the Democrats and the Republicans switched places on this. Well, and not even. There's and- just nobody on the other side. Because the Democrats are like, yeah, no, FISA courts are pretty fucked. And Republicans are like, yeah, yeah, they're fucked. We shouldn't do that anymore. It's like, who keeps sending shit to the FISA court then? God. <laughs> but it, it's, listen, it, it's one of those weird things that it's not even just the party. Because it's not the party. It's this guy. This president and this administration is everything. I think that's on I mean, he, he does He does everything it's pretty clear that he just says the thing that he's doing. Like when he says Obama's the most corrupt president in U S history, he's the most corrupt. Like it's not an argument. Like he calls out the things that he's doing. Like, so we shouldn't be uh, surprised at the end of the day that he keeps doing this. And uh, we shouldn't be surprised when he wins reelection because the American people are very forgiving. And the guy he's running against, listen, I'm not going to, Toss more dirt on Joe Biden, but like he's tossed enough of his own dirt. It, like we chose the weakest of all the candidates to run against him. And a quote I loved from this week, uh, someone from the campaign <laughs> described it as Trump's juggernaut reelection bid like the Death Star. Yeah. And that was that was a Trump campaign official, by the way. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, have you ever seen Star Wars? Because I feel like you you hear I Death haven't seen, Star. I haven't, I haven't seen Star Wars. Ask me about the Death Star. Uh, do you find that to be a good description of, of a campaign, Corey? Didn't that thing blow up twice? <laughs> yes, two of them. <laughs> they built two of them. They blew both of them up. And they keep talking about this like very left edge of the party as being like rebels. So what you're saying is his campaign is the Death Star, and the rebels are out here on the left. And you don't see how those two things aren't a really good metaphor to be using. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's amazing to me. I, even I know that. I like the, uh, uh, it's like the Christy Teigen, 
uh, tweet when uh, Brian Kemp was just like, I didn't know asymptomatic people could transfer it. Yes. She's like, I'm an idiot. And I knew that. Like, <laughs> I feel the same way. Like, I'm watching <laughs> watching this statement. I'm just like, I know what the fucking Death Star <laughs> Like, I know how bad of an example this is. I think in the end, it's just a sign of them saying what we say does not matter and just say whatever because we'll walk it back or we'll reverse it or we'll do exactly the opposite. To as to remind you, Corey, January 27th, the president said, there's nothing to worry about. This is under control. It'll fizzle out in just a few weeks. And then today he said, we have handled the coronavirus situation better than any country. Yes. Yeah. Clearly hasn't. So I don't <laughs> to tell him. Well, and listen, uh, if there was one place more depressing that we could go from talking about Trump, it's talking about Baltimore City. So let's take a trip on down to the Baltimore corner. Where you get the straight dope. Exactly right. That is missized. I have to redo that. <laughs> <laughs> I could fix it later, I guess. Um, so a couple of big stories out of Baltimore I wanted to make sure we touched on. Number one, I believe I mentioned two or three episodes ago that like the best thing to come out of Corona is that murders are down in Baltimore. Violence is down. There's less to worry about. And Baltimore, you did not disappoint. You found a way to get out and get those murders done. And we went (laughs) from being down 10% compared to last year to up 8% per last year. It's amazing. It's simply amazing. I, I, people are getting restless in their house. That's pretty much uh, yeah. that's pretty much what I've gotten at. And you know what? Uh, uh, for all the people who thought that there would be some sort of magical decrease in murders when people were told to stay inside, uh, the thing that leads to most of the murders is an illegal activity. Mm-hmm. So there is no regulating whether or not it's an essential business to sell drugs. Or murder people. I would have liked to see Jack Young mention that, though. Just like, listen, there's a lot of essential businesses. Hospitals will be open. Uh, we'll keep the corner stores open. Of course, you'll be able to buy heroin down in East Baltimore. And uh, <laughs> Winchester Homes is available for your heroin needs. Um, and speaking of Jack Young, the other big story this week out of Baltimore was poor Jack Young's billboard. Oh, man. Um, first of all, how easy is it to get to that billboard? Because I feel like that thing many. gets fucking tagged all the time. Yeah, maybe just get to that, Jack. How are people getting <laughs> up there? And can we deny access to people? That would be a great first step. So uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> there is a there is a billboard that was purchased for the Jack Young reelection campaign uh, on North Avenue at Charles Street, like right where the uh parkway theater is mm-hmm. um and they had changed the messaging on the billboard to say uh what was it again i don't want to get this wrong um oh let me let me find it i, ha- I still have it pulled up uh because you're right probably should not misquote uh the billboard where was it was it on twitter yeah um it was like freeze rent or rent strike do you know what it said at first, though? I still don't know what it uh, what it said at the beginning. Oh, probably just Jack Young for mayor. Okay. Um, and then it was changed by cancel rent and fuck the mm. police. Yes. Uh, and then it was changed again to say, what now? Cancel hate and thank the police. Uh, and somebody, some, some amazing... Uh, 
person on Twitter made mention of the fact that uh, this is basically the two sides of the Democratic Party. Yes. Right there, right there in front of you. If you're wondering what the divide is between Bernie and Biden. That's uh, it. That's it. That's pretty much it in yep. a nutshell. Um, and the fact that, that centrist Biden people would just whitewash over the message of the far left and just be like, what did you say? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Cancel hate and thank the police. And they're like, that's not what we said, man. That's not what we said. <laughs> we put it on a fucking billboard. Uh, also, I really found it funny that uh, there was a, an organizer who goes by Hero of Communist Labor, who's from Baltimore. And he got like 100 people to report the second one as um, to 311. As graffiti <laughs> that needed to be taken <laughs> care of. They were, they apparently they changed it. And I don't know if Jack changed it. Maybe he did. If honestly, it feels like something he would do to change it from cancel rent to cancel hate and thank the police. But they did it in broad daylight. And apparently people were taking pictures and reporting it to three on one saying someone is defacing this billboard. You need to get up there. <laughs> Not the original message, but the cancel rent message. So I- uh, good for them. I feel like uh, Jack Young has been falling out more and more on the uh, mayoral race, and there's a debate tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the the coverage of it later, I guess. Uh, but I feel like if Jack was ever looking for an opportunity to like rise in the ranks real quick, this maybe go with the fuck the police message. Yeah, I, I mean, I <laughs> think that would resonate. I don't know. I feel like people would like that. There was there was just a a poll not not too long ago that said like. Uh, the, the trustworthy rating of Baltimore police department was like negative 87%. (laughs) Like it was like 13% trustworthy, 87% untrustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Are you surprised? No, not at all. I'm just, (laughs) it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing that more politicians in Baltimore haven't seen this as like the. You know how like uh, social security always has a winning message. Like nobody ever loses by saying that they're gonna fund social security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you fund the police. How do you how do you look at eighty seven percent untrustworthiness and like just be like, eh, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> People seem really angry. They uh, they def- defaced a billboard. Uh, and they put this fuck the police message on it because it was the anniversary of Freddie Gray's death and the same week that we're allowing them to fly an airplane over yeah. all of Baltimore to yeah. track the movements of everybody. But I think it's about time we get this fuck the police message on there because it's unconstructive to the... But as you pointed out last week, it seems as though the city of Baltimore says, we're having a real fire problem. Let's elect gasoline for mayor. <laughs> So it's not like they're going to get someone who actually fixes anything. I'm going to put that on a goddamn T-shirt. I'm just doing it. Yeah, you should. Gasoline for mayor. Ovianthem.com forward slash store. <laughs> New T-shirt coming up. Um, but so I haven't been following the polls. Where is Jack in the polls of everybody? I mean, the last I looked, he was like way the hell down there. So what do you have to lose, Jack? I, I mean, like he's not going to be reelected. No. So be the fuck the police candidate and get some votes. I just wonder when uh, Ryan Dorsey is going to run. Mm. Let's see here. He may not even get his council seat back. Yeah, the the FOP is fighting him every chance they got. I would not so want to be him, but I mean, let's I do. Let's see but, here. 
Uh, right now we have TJ Smith in the lead at 22. Wow. Sheila Dixon at 18. Brandon Sad. Scott at 15. Um, they had uh, Theroux at 12, Mary Miller at 9, and Jack Young at only 7. Well, I'm glad to see that Theroux has fallen greatly. Uh, that's see, one the, good piece of news. <laughs> the problem is, though, that you know these these polls are so inconsistent. You know, uh, check the bottom where it says uh, 200 Baltimoreans were <laughs> were uh, surveyed. It's like, oh, well, that's why it's so skewed. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this one, you know, it, it's this this most recent one is March 24th. It's showing. Yeah. But that would still be before Corona and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess. So we'll I feel s- like things have changed significantly. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see, I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, here's a message for Jack. Jack, think about being the fuck the police candidate. Ryan Dorsey has done really well kind of being the <laughs> fuck the police candidate. Um, I guess maybe you should wait and see how he does in his council race. But uh, and just to clarify for everyone, those numbers that Corey are talking about is, of course, the Democratic primary, not the general election, because, as we've said before, the Republicans don't matter in Baltimore. Really, the primary <laughs> is the race. So, yeah, it's over. It's over as soon as we know who the Democratic nominee is, unless that person is not Sheila Dixon and Sheila Dixon decides to make a third party run for mayor. Can she at that point, though? Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. Continue as a third party. Theru might too. I mean, he likes to just throw his hat in the ring to fuck people's days up. So <laughs> maybe he goes. <laughs> uh, well, I I think that's uh that's about all we got for today. Well, I'll tell you what. This, one this positive. One, this um, one has sailed by. I feel like. Yeah, uh, but uh, we also didn't get distracted too often. I think the the requirement that we be separate from each other and kind of have to like trade talking time we bounced right through the entire uh the entire thing <laughs> yeah i i uh this is unusual but i i don't think it was bad i i, I uh I, I i think that uh hopefully people enjoyed this uh hopefully there weren't too many technical errors from uh this point on and uh well before we get out we of course we have to close it up and we have to say uh we just took a trip down to the baltimore corner where you get the stray dope. Hey. And now you have a nice transition to copy from later if you want to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> or I could just transition from Corey at OTheAnthem.com. OTheAnthem.com. Facebook.com forward slash OTheAnthem. At, at OTheAnthem on Instagram, Twitter. I switched up the email and the and the website and it completely threw me off my, yep. my running thing. <laughs> you want to start over? You want to just... No, nah, nah, it's fine. Let's just go... People understand the predicament I'm in. Oh, the uh, dot com. Yeah. Uh, you can find more of me at my website, uh, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Ooh, TikTok. I have a new review up, a classic review of 500 Days of Summer. Uh, available on the channel. I also stepped in with a uh, friend of the show, Jim's uh, voodoo recommendations. Yeah. So go check that out as well. You can find that on my Twitter and Facebook and all over the place. Make sure you put a link in the show notes as well. Will do. Uh, and uh, let me find me on here. There we go. Hey, there's me, a real professional with a green screen and everything. 
Uh, but you can find me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com where you can find uh, links to everything that I do, including the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. Uh, you can find the books, which are available on Amazon. Buy Rob's books. Uh, and as I've said before, it's under construction, so more stuff will be up there as we go. I'm trying to do what Corey did for the Anthem and put all of the YouTube videos up, individually listed in catalog, which I'm finding is a pain in the ass. <laughs> So I really appreciate Corey doing that work for us. You can, of course, uh, don't miss the overarching message. OtheAnthem.com is the place to go. There you can find all the entire catalog of podcast episodes. You can find the short films, links to YouTube, links to everything, uh, anchor.fm, uh, where you can find the podcast. Everything's available there, including the merch store, where surely, uh, certainly uh, you'll be able to shortly buy a uh, Baltimore uh, having a fire problem. Elect gasoline mayor or something similar for yeah. your t-shirt delights. I'll figure it out. And uh, how is the uh, ad coming for the new shirt? I know that that's been underway. So uh, I found out that uh, uh, on Friday is when outdoor photography was supposed to be allowed to come back into things that California people can do. Yes. So as soon as I heard that it wasn't, I was just like, okay, my plan to go out the night before will be delayed. <laughs> yeah. But now that it's free, I'm going to go out and do it not, you know, at nighttime. So, so look for some uh, new advertisements for OD Anthem gear. Uh, that'll be coming to you very soon uh, at all your social networks at OD Anthem. Yes, indeed. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know <laughs> if it's good, uh, but we've made the best of a dire situation. And... The most important overarching message, 318 consecutive weeks of new content. Woo! <laughs> so, um, we've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you are listening to the O.D. Anthem podcast, part of the O.D. Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Bye!